Hey, thanks so much for choosing the Haven House of Revival Sermon of the Week. We pray that this sermon impacts your heart and inspires you to change your life and the world around you for God. Please enjoy the message. Don't ever agree to preach on joy, because you're going to have quite the week. Um, but I still got joy. I didn't get robbed this week. It was so good. I... Um, I love the joy of the Lord, and it's my strength that keeps us going. I'm actually tired of seeing miserable Christians. Christians need to carry joy, something bigger than their circumstances and what they're going through. And I've got revelation for you today. I, um, I can adjust. I know you've been, you've been so good sitting here an hour and a half and stuff. God, i got to share this revelation, though, that God's given me. We've all been there where... So how many grew up in Christian families? Anybody? Anybody see even your Christian families pretend like they got joy? Like you're going on that family vacation, supposed to have a good time, and everybody's miserable? Like, get in the car! Dad, um, we're going on vacation. We're going to Disney World. Let's smile. <laughs> and then by the time you're going down the street, he's reaching in the back one, whack, whack trying to get you to, we all pretend a little bit, but we need some genuine joy. So this week, I, I had done the eviction of that drug property the Friday before. So Monday, they said the door was a little weak, the locksmith, it was busted on the frame. The, the locksmith couldn't quite do a good job, so they said, Jeff, do you mind going and boarding up the door? So I go to Home Depot and buy some wood and get some screws and bring my screw gun. And I'm about to get stuff out, and there's two huge guys. Uh, I'm like, uh, what are you guys doing here? And the problem is this property, I had to walk about 250 meters, so a quarter of a kilometer to get up to the house. So I'm carrying my tools, and these guys are like, uh, we're here visiting so-and-so. I'm not going to say his name this time. And he, um, I said, he's here? I evicted him last week. They're like, yeah, he's in the house. So I'm here on a property alone with three criminals. <laughs> and I'm like, um, you guys need to go. And inside I'm thinking, I'm going. <laughs> I'm out of here. You got a bit of that, you know when your stomach sinks into your drawers type feeling? And I'm not, I used to be bigger. I'm not so big now. I was telling someone, that's why I wear these puffy sweatshirts, make me look big now. So I'm there, I'm like, I get in my truck, I'm like, I'm out of here. And uh, so I call into the office, I said, ah, there was a few guys there, and I was there by myself, and the, the police had said, do not go into this property alone, it's a no criminal activity property. So um, I go back Wednesday because the RCP said, well, we checked the property out and um, all is good. So I go back Wednesday and I hear noises upstairs. I got my wood there, my tools. I'm like, hello? Let's say his name is Bob. I said, Bob? And he's like, yeah, who's this? I said, what are you doing here? And the lawyers and the enforcement agency said, 
if you can, get a picture of them in the house because we can charge them with contempt of the court order. So I'm grabbing my phone, pretending to call, getting the camera out, <laughs> shaking in my boots. I'm taking pictures of the guy as he came down. And um, I'm like, well, what are you doing here? You were evicted. He goes, no, I'm okay. I have a stay. I'm like, you don't have a stay. The order was enforced. You can't be in here. You're trespassing. So RCMP come again. We arrest them, and I hang up the wood. <laughs> and um, the next day, they decide, ah, oh, let's, let's let Jeff have another joyful time. <laughs> they say, can you uh, do this eviction? It'll be easy. So this easy one in Sylvan Lake. I drive to Sylvan Lake and um, go up with the maintenance person. We knock on the door, and the, the door is, like, stuck. It's got one of those fold-over bars on the hinge, so it means someone must be inside. They're like, we haven't seen anybody here for days. We thought nobody would be there. So we're knocking, and this woman answers the door. She's, like, dressed all up in this dress, and her husband's inside, and I said, who are you guys? And, again, your heart's beating. You guys pay such attention to these stories. <laughs> You're like, Jeff's getting hit. I want to hear it. <laughs> the husband's like six foot three, 250 pounds. I'm like, uh, hi. <laughs> and um, so I identify myself. I pull out my badge. And I'm like, uh, Jeff Wilson here, civil enforcement badge. One, two, three. And her very next words are like, who are you? I said, uh, <laughs> I just told you. <laughs> and um, so I don't know if you, you guys ever see TikTok videos and those things. Well, she decides she's going to get out her camera and start videotaping me and putting me up on social media. So she gets up into my face and she's like, here's this guy. He says his name is Jeff. Won't he even identify himself? The maintenance guy's like, uh, he just showed you his badge. <laughs> and uh, get out of my face, she's saying. I'm like, oh, ma'am, I'm just standing here making sure the maintenance guy is okay as he changes the locks. And then she pushes her backside up against the locks. And she's like, don't be touching my bum. <laughs> and the guy's like, um, I'm just trying to change the locks. And he puts her hair out of the way. He's using a drill, doesn't want to get it caught in the drill. She's like, don't touch my hair. And I said, I said, ma'am, if you could kindly move, we, uh, we have a job to do here and you can't be in here. We don't even know who you are. I'm like, where's the, the tenant of the house? And she's like, he's not here. We're moving his stuff for him. I said, so you're, you're squatters. And then she's getting mad that I called them a squatter. And I'm like, Ma'am, it's not a mean term. She goes, you're calling me names. I wanted to say squatter, squatter, squatter. <laughs> I didn't. Because <laughs> her husband's huge. <laughs> and um, I said, this is just a term we use that I'll have to put in my report for my civil enforcement bailiff agency because I'm doing the uh, order to possess of the property. 
And um, I said, you've, you've kind of got to follow this court order I have here. The judge has ordered a vacant property, and I have to make sure that happens. Well, I get a certain amount of days. I said, ma'am, you really don't get any time. You're not even on the lease. You're a squatter. I said it again. There you go, calling me names again. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I don't know your name, and you're in a premises that you don't legally belong in. And she is mad. <coughs> so we have to call in the RCMP again. And they come in. He uh, is trying to deal with her. And then every time I walk near her, she starts breaking down, yelling, crying, everything. Because I've triggered her now. He's treating me mean, and I have him on video. She's probably showed it all over TikTok. And I'm just like, oh, and I'm not saying anything. And then the RCMP guy walks out, and he's like, dude, she's a crack addict. <laughs> I'm like, no kidding. And... Um, Used to being able to manipulate people. Beautiful woman, got her things going on. We, well, we finally got her out. So the next day, <laughs> I get up and I got to go into uh, the reserve. Jaron, you know the reserve, not far, an oh, hour and a half, two hours away. And I've got to repo a car. And so I call, I don't know where the house number is. They go by house numbers on the reserve, and a lot of times they don't match to what the maps say because... If you move, you take your house number with you. <laughs> and so I call, the, I call the tow company. I said, do you know where this house number is? He's like, oh, yeah. I said, what does that mean? He goes, don't be in there long. Um, and the last name ends in bones. <laughs> I'm like, oh, geez. He goes, go up there, go near the health center, turn right. Should be the second driveway up. So I go there, and I see the vehicle. Well, half the vehicle doesn't have tires left on it, and all the rotors and all the bearings and everything are all out of the wheels. And there's no wheels on it. The car is sitting on the wheels sideways, like to prop it up instead of a jack. So I'm like, I've got to tow this thing out. And he said, don't be in here long. Well, here comes a pit bull who have just given birth around the corner. <laughs> so I didn't know what to do. I'm like, hey! And the pit bull went. <laughs> I think that the dog was thinking, people don't usually yell at me. <laughs> um, and he stopped. The owner hears me and comes out. I'm like, um... What's going on with the car here? So let's come pick it up. Oh, it's been sitting like that for eight months. Everything's rusted out. And you're not towing, and it's up against the porch. Because I call the tow company, and they're like, oh, if we're going to get it, we have to get around to the front where the two tires are on. I said, well, it's up against the porch. And they're like, oh, that's a problem. <laughs> I'm like, yes, it is. And they're like, we can slide it up on the axles and everything else that's bare but it's not going to be good for it. <laughs> and we don't promise that we won't hurt it. So I'm taking pictures and doing everything I need to do. And I had to get out because I had another eviction. This is my week. This is just, uh, well, this was Friday. No, Thursday wasn't on. So, no, that was Friday. 
And um, so I get out, and I got to go to Lacombe for an eviction. And I knock on the door. And this guy, like 55 years old, answers the door. Looks like a biker guy, old guy, though. Like, I can handle him. <laughs> I show him the court order. And um, he's like, so? I say, well, the court is ordering the premises to be vacated. I have to do an eviction. He's like, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my goodness, not another one. Where's my joy? I'm preaching on joy, Lord. What are you doing? And um, so I um, say, sir, you know, you got a couple young kids here, and are you looking after them? Not thinking they're his because they're like two and four. And he's like, these are my kids. And the landlord shows up, and he's like, yeah, he was living with a 19-year-old girl, got her pregnant, and then kicked her out for drugs. And now he's raising the kids. And I'm like, oh. He goes, yeah, he's over six months behind on all his rent, owes me $7,000. I've been trying to be patient to help him out, but now we can't. So I said, sir, you don't want to um, have the RCMP come. I didn't want the RCMP to come. And he's like, you bring him. I don't care if I get arrested. Just another criminal charge for me. And we had to do that again hours later. And This was my week. I was being robbed of joy. But I wasn't going to let it happen. I'm here. I'm feeling good. It's great. And sometimes we have those days, and they go a little bit longer than days. They go into weeks. And we give in, and then we don't treat people the way we should. We don't have the same influence in, with people around us in our community. And I think a lot of communities aren't being saved because a lot of Christians aren't carrying joy. We need to get back to the place where we take our rightful ownership of joy and carry it. So I have a, a message called Consider It Joy This Christmas. Consider it joy. And this isn't just a seasonal thing. This is an everyday thing, not just Christmas. I remember Christmas could be some of the most miserable times for a lot of people. A lot of bad memories. And some of you in this place would say, yeah, I don't have great memories of Christmas. I have some good ones. Anybody have memories of something you just loved at Christmas? I... Um, I have some things that I've loved and some I don't. I remember getting my first gun at Christmas under the couch. It was a high-powered pellet gun, and I just thought, oh, I'm like 10 years old. I'm like, this is fun. Just the, the honor of, oh, my dad's buying me a gun. This is great. I can say this in Alberta, Ontario. I'd be like, maybe calling the cops on me. <laughs> I was thinking this week, we've got a job to do, and the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And I literally asked the Lord before I went to bed one night, I said, why are the laborers few? And I woke up and he said, because they've given up. I said, well, why have they given up? He said, because they don't have joy. 
Oh. I said, why don't they have joy? And he gave me a vision. He literally gave me my sermon. And he said, well, because I was studying this verse, consider it all joy. Well, let me read this verse. Consider it pure joy, my brothers. James 1, verse 2 and 3. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Well, when our faith is tested, we get stronger. Just like I was doing my civil enforcement stuff this week. By the end of the week, I'm feeling pretty strong. I'd gotten through some things that were difficult, and I'm still here. I'm safe. It's good. In your Christian walk, you're going to feel stronger as you get through things and you persevere. And don't lose your joy. And I said, so, Lord, why are people losing their joy? And he said, well, it's easy. First of all, they don't know their identity. And we've been talking all fall about identity. <laughs> so Justin's like, what are you preaching on? I said, I told him. I said, well, people don't have joy because they don't have their identity. And then the Lord said, and when you don't have your identity... You don't know your position. I said, okay. And this all came in a vision. And he said, when you don't know your position, you don't know your authority. And then he said, one more line, he said, and when you don't know your authority, you can't overcome your circumstances. I'm like, ooh, that's good, God. <laughs> I wish I could take credit for it. <laughs> So, if you're writing that down, identity, position, authority, and circumstances. Well, we often look at the circumstances we're going through, and then that's what robs us of our joy. Well, we can keep our joy if we start to understand our identity. Well, in the fall, and that's why I don't need to go through all this. In the fall, we talked about our identity as sons and daughters. For those who walk according to the Spirit, he gave the right to be called sons of God. Romans 8, verse 14. And then I was thinking of the verse I love, Galatians 6, verse 9. It says, do not become weary in doing good. For the proper time you will reap a harvest if you what? Don't give up. Do not give up. I don't know if you have that up there. That was Galatians, yeah, 6, verse 9. So... The reason why a lot of us aren't seeing a harvest is because we're giving up. We lose our joy and we give up because we don't know our identity. We don't know that we're sons and daughters of the kings. We don't know that we're a royal priesthood. We don't understand we're a child of God. And then we don't know our position. Ephesians 4 talks about, I am now seated in heavenly places. Man, my memory's getting good. I'm liking this. After my stroke, it wasn't so great, but I'm back, girls and boys. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4, where it says, I'm seated in heavenly places. I have a different position now. And my position as a child of the king is pretty incredible. So I start to understand my position. And if I understand my position, I understand the authority that I carry in that position. So I can speak to that mountain. You be removed. Mark 11, 23 and 24. 
and that mountain will be cast into the sea. Anybody need to speak to some mountains? So those circumstances that come into your life that rob you of your joy that you're looking at, they become like mountains that we need to speak to. So if we understand our identity as sons and daughters of the king, our position seated in heavenly places, we understand our authority because Jesus gave us Holy Spirit to empower us to be the witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. That's Acts 1.8. Then we start to move with a different authority and deal with our circumstances a little bit differently. Esther, I won't yell at you like I did the pit bull. So I wrote this down. You're going to want this. Pure joy. Pure joy is the position and privilege of the person who follows Christ. Joy in the Greek is the word chara. Biblical joy is more than just a happy feeling. It is an emotion, and it will affect your emotions, but it's more than a happy feeling. It's a lasting emotion that comes from the choice to trust that God will fulfill his promises and that God made you exactly who you are to be. So joy comes from my identity, my position, my authority. So I'm going to challenge you today. Justin talked about it. There are some things that uh, block my joy. And I'll tell you a big one that Justin talked about was the orphan spirit. Another one that Wendy talked about and I talked about it as well is the position of being a son. We're no longer slaves, but we're sons. So this joy sermon is following up to a, a great fall of teaching our identity of who we are. It's pretty good, eh, Justin? <laughs> I love this. So joy is a byproduct of love, a healthy mind, a healthy heart, and a work of the Spirit. Let me say that again. <clears throat> Joy is a byproduct of love. A healthy mind, a healthy heart, and a work of the Spirit. Because the love of God has changed us, and that love dwells within us. And then he gives us the mind of Christ. So we can think a little differently. So when it says, consider it all joy... I've now got to consider things differently. Don't just consider the circumstance you're going through, but consider your identity, your position, and your authority so you can deal with the circumstances you're going through. Because you can speak the mountains. Everyone say, I can speak the mountains. I can speak the mountains. Yeah. So what does it mean when he says, Consider it all joy or count it all joy, some versions say. The concept here is the idea of reckoning or considering. So I wrote down the definition of reckoning. It's the action or process of calculating or estimating something. The action or process of calculating or estimating something. So when I'm walking in my position, my identity, my authority, I calculate things a little bit differently. I reckon things a little differently. Therefore, I continue to carry joy. 
I don't know about you, but sometimes, like, when I get sick, I'm a big baby. <laughs> I actually had a, a file on the reserve a couple weeks ago, and it was for a, someone, the last name my wife helps me print sometimes or send the invoices. It was Big Child was the name of the person. And my wife's like, that's sort of like you. You're a big baby. <laughs> Any other men a big baby when you get sick? Well, I've got to learn to speak to that sickness. All the men are like that. <laughs> Thanks, Wendy. <laughs> and not get robbed of my joy. So what are the, uh, those areas that rob us of our joy? Well, I wrote down one, the orphan spirit. We're no longer led by the spirit of God. We're led by our fears the need to perform, and I've got probably a half an hour of preaching just on that. Mature sons who serve God out of knowledge of his undeserved grace instead of trying to earn the Father's love through performance are sons of God. When we're trying to serve God out of performance mentality, then we get stuck in the orphan spirit. Number two. And the Lord gave me th these points as well. Another blockage of joy in our life is living reactionary rather than proactive. Well, things happen, and then I react to it, and it makes me feel sad. It makes me feel down. It makes me feel broken. When I don't wait for things to happen for me to react, I live proactively because I'm a son, and he's called me to this. This is where I need to go. This is what I need to do. I'll tell you, when we made the decision a few months ago, okay, we're going to work in Red Deer, I was scared out of my mind, but God said, go work in Red Deer. And God said, I said, well, what are we going to do about Haven? He said, well, you're going to empower Justin and Amanda. Then I'm really scared out of my mind. <laughs> no. This wonderful couple's doing an incredible job because God's placed them there. It's so good. So sometimes when we don't understand why things are going and what's going on, we've got to learn to be proactive in what God is saying and move that way rather than let's just wait for something to happen and react to what happens. It's one of the areas I love about Justin. He's very proactive. And he's always like, how many meetings have you been in where you're like, Justin's like, well, let's just ask God what he's saying. He says that all the time. That's so good, Justin. Let's ask God what he's saying and be proactive about it rather than wait for something dumb to happen and just react to it. I'm going to be proactive in my life. And we can do this with our families too. What's God saying for your marriage? Be proactive in it. What's God saying for your work? Your relationship with your kids? Be proactive in it. So, now we come to walking in your authority. Well, a big blocker is those that always feel defeated rather than taking the authority you've been given. 
You want to not have joy? Tell everybody around you and yourself that you're defeated, that you can't do it, because I know you can do it. And don't let your circumstances dictate your emotions. Circumstances are just circumstances. What do they say? 95% of what you're facing, you can do nothing about. They are what they are. I've gone through some stuff, even with my work in the last little while, and there's nothing I can do about it. I can keep going. I can be proactive in what God's saying. I can keep believing he's got good things for his child. I'm his son. I had someone before church asked me, how you doing? And it's so easy to say, ah, not great. It's okay. But I'm like, oh, it's, I'm doing great. I'm his son. He's providing for me. Like, you can't worry. Worry's another blocker. <laughs> you want to give in to um, a joy killer. Start letting anxiety and worry rule your life. Really, we're called to be anxious about nothing. But with everything, with prayer and thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So I come to you in your circumstances. It's okay to go to God in those with thanksgiving. And when you start to give thanks in the midst of your difficult circumstances, it's amazing the joy you're going to start to carry. Giving thanks is big. So, you want another blocker of joy? Be ungrateful. We have so much to give thanks for. And keep going. Don't give up. Do not become weary in doing good for the proper time you'll reap a harvest if you do not give up. Let's all stand. Father, we thank you for the words that have been being taught literally for the last couple months about our identity. We aren't orphans. We're your children. We're sons and daughters of you. And we carry that sonship. And we carry that closeness of being a child of God. And we also carry a different position. We're seated in heavenly places. Maybe your position has been one of defeat the last little while. Actually, you know what? All eyes closed. Pastor Jeff, you say, I'm going to pray for you right now. Just put your hand up. No one looking around. I felt defeated the last little while. I need to give that to the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Ooh, lots of hands. Mmm. You can put it down. There's a lot of hands going up. Father, I come to you right now. I lay my defeat down at the foot of the cross before you. Just even right where you're at, say, Lord, this is yours. Because I am not one that is defeated. I am an overcomer. Just say that to the Lord. I'm an overcomer. Start to claim these things. I can speak to mountains, and I speak to this mountain. You mountain of defeat, you no longer belong as a part of me. And I, I pray right now over the mind of each child of God in this place that they would be set free from defeat right now. No longer defeated, no longer broken. But they take on the sonship and the daughtership 
of all that you made them right now. Ooh, I'm loved. I'm provided for. You're Jehovah Jireh. Someone's been in here worrying about money. Lord, speaking to you right now, there's probably 30 of us here worrying about that. Your provider. Oh, you own it all, Lord. It's all yours. So we speak provision over people right now. Thank you, Lord, for provision. Mm. Yeah, and I'm just, I've seen this word, bad things. Some, some of us have felt like just bad things happen after bad things after bad things, like the week I had. Well, that's not a child's position. He has good things for his children. And I speak good things over people's lives right now. Businesses will prosper. There'd be advancement at work. Oh, bank accounts will increase. Thank you, Lord. You got good things for your children. And I will carry joy out of my identity. You know what? Let's, let's say that together. Repeat after me. I will carry joy out of my identity. I will carry joy out of my position. I will carry joy out of my authority and my circumstances will not dictate my emotions. I will move proactively in the things you have called me to. And Lord, I just pray that uh, you would speak a new refreshing of calling over people's lives so they can move in this joy and assuredly an assurance, sorry, of all that you have for them. Oh, we look to you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. You are so good. I'm just going to ask the prayer team to come up. There may be some people that want some prayer, and you just want to lay some things down. We're going to open up the altars, and we're not going to give in to this. Like, we will dismiss, worship team will lead you. And if you have to go, we love you. We bless you to go. But these altars will be open for prayer. Maybe you want to be set free from something because you've just had this hindrance. Maybe there's some blockages. You just want someone to pray with you. You have had some blockages of joy in your life. And you haven't been able to overcome them. Well, today, you're going to leave as an overcomer. You're going to leave joyful. We give you thanks for today, Lord. Be with those that have to go. Be with those that are having prayer. Bless them. Heal. Set free. And may we leave with a new found joy and identity, position and authority. We love you, Lord. We give you today. Thank you for all you're doing. And everybody said, amen.